that's how we see our way through, that we extend each other grace. And we realize that perfection is not only not an option, perfection is not even pursued. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, formerly known as Improv is No Joke, where it's all about believing that strong communication skills are the best way in delivering your technical accounting knowledge and growing your business. An effective way of building stronger communication skills is by embracing the principles of applied improvisation. Your host is Peter Margarita, CPA, a.k.a. The Accidental Accountant, and he will interview financial professionals and business leaders to find their secret in building stronger relationships with their clients, customers, associates, and peers, all the while growing their businesses. So let's start the show. Welcome, everyone. I recorded this episode on March 31st and waited until April 26th to write this introduction. New York appears to be on the other side of the coronavirus peak, which is good, but cautious news. In Ohio, we're starting to open up for business on May 1st, but full details have not been disclosed as of this recording. As we hopefully begin the slow process of opening up our economy, anxiety and stress will still be amongst us for an undetermined amount of time until proven therapies and a vaccine has been developed. This episode, I wanted to focus on leadership as we begin to transition out of the shelter-in-place order issued around this country. My guest today is Brian Walter, who is the co-founder of Extreme Meetings, Inc., providing customized infotainment to make meetings memorable. For over 25 years, he has specialized in transforming meetings from boring to exciting. Brian is also the past president of the National Speakers Association Board of Directors from 2017 to 2018. Brian brings his approach, knowledge, and leadership style into our discussion of leadership during a pandemic crisis and how to keep a positive attitude. Brian is based out of the Seattle area, which is one of the first states to deal with the multitude of issues in trying to keep the people of Washington State safe. Here's some more information on Brian. He is a past Guinness Book of World Records holder for producing the world's shortest TV commercial. He holds the Elite Certified Speaking Professional designation, CSP, from the National Speakers Association, and he was inducted into the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame in 2013. He is a 20-year member of Meeting Professionals International. He's an award-winning video, commercial, and podcast producer, and his website is extrememeetings.com. Now, before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This episode is sponsored by Peter A. Margaritas, LLC, also known as The Accidental Accountant. Are you looking for a speaker that can bring powerful content, virtually or in person or on-site, that is memorable and engaging in a way that motivates and inspires your audience? Instead of data dumping and numbing with numbers, imagine your people and teams delivering a financial story to your stakeholders, a story that creates engaging and relationship-building business conversations. Would you be interested in learning more about how that is accomplished? How would you feel if the value your facilitator provided your organization far exceeded the dollar amount on their invoice? 
Peter Margaritas, CPA and Certified Speaking Professional, delivers all of the above and much, much more. All of Peter's programs can be done virtually, in person and on site at your location, or at an off site venue. Send Peter a note at peter at petermargaritas.com and or visit his website at www.petermargaritas.com to learn more about what Peter can bring to your next conference, management retreat, or workshop. Now, let's get to the interview with Brian Walter. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm real excited today. I've been chasing this guy down for, seems like, over a year and a half to get him on my podcast. I think it took a roll of toilet paper for him to agree to this. And I I'm thought like, it was a six-pack, but oh, okay. Oh, all right. A six, it was a roll of toilet paper and a six-pack of beer. I was hoping for a six-pack of uh, toilet paper, but that's okay. I'll make sure you get the six-pack of toilet paper. If you don't recognize that voice, that voice is of Brian Walter. And thank you, Brian, for being a guest on my podcast. That's fun. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. And, and Brian's got a, a very unique background, and, and you've heard some of it in the Unique intro. is generous. I like that. Unique, <laughs> which is code for strange or odd or twisted. But sure, let's go with unique. But, but I, I, I wear my uniqueness as a badge of honor because I want to be strange. I want to be odd. And it makes us, mm-hmm. makes us different. And, and I mean, you've got a, a wide variety in your background. But the, the thing that really stood out to me was you are the past president of the National Speakers Association Board of Directors. That is correct, yes. And you're not a liar. You're, you, your research is t- true. That's exactly. That, exactly. And that year that you had of as president of the Board of Directors probably went by quicker than you ever thought it would go by. But you're always dealing from a Board of Directors perspective uh, from a strategic planning. You know, what, what, what does this association look like yeah. five years from now? Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you were at the transition between Stacy and Mary Lou. That is correct. That is correct. Oh, my wife says I can't remember anything. Look at this. See, there's there's at least two right there. Okay, <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm good for a while. So, as I think about, we're recording this on on March 31st, 2020, amidst the whole COVID 19 crisis going on. Mm-hmm. This will air on on May 11th. And I want to talk about as a leader dealing with the crisis of any type, shape, or form, we can't so much get locked into today, but we need to start looking out forward and how, how, how does our business change? What, what do we look like you know, right now in this environment? What do we look like six months from now, eight months from now, a year from now, and going forward? And so can you put your spin on, on how you would answer this question on how do we gain focus to look forward and not get caught up in the minutia of today. Yeah, I would say the the minutia of today has a power like super glue because <laughs> it is so compelling because we are, uh, you know, you could actually say we are literally talking about life or death issues. Yeah. Yes. And with that, we have to both deal with that and compartmentalize it and also say, so... You know, how do I provide value? Uh, it reminds me of a conversation I had with myself back in 2009. I remember uh, that was at the height of the Great Recession. The <clears throat> stock market was at like 6,000. And I remember asking myself this question, what do I know how to do 
what is anything I know how to do that others will buy in this environment? What's anything that I know how to do that others will buy in this environment? And it really comes down to, to value. And so far, so many of us have said, oh, you know, we are speakers. We provide live events and experiences. And right now, that is not <laughs> what people will buy. I mean, I actually got like humor shamed at the bank yesterday. I actually got a check in the mail. So that was a precious thing. So um, actually nice. physically went to the bank, you know, gloved up, you know, and, you know, <laughs> on a pole to hand the check to the teller. And the teller looked at the name of who it was too, which was Extreme Meetings and said, oh, Extreme Meetings, probably not getting much business, are you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the bank teller is slamming me. And, wow. and they were right. They were right that you know, those of us who are in the live experience business uh, have to make a profound change. And what is to come, we don't know. Now, of course, we know that uh, you know humans like to gather together, and that is something that's built into our DNA, and that's never going to change. There will be some sort of meetings industry that will reemerge and perhaps even flourish, but it's going to be different. And we have no idea when that's going to be. So now we have to look less at our experiential expertise. And now what is our actual value? What problems do we solve? What do we make people feel? Uh, how do we make things better? Uh, why would someone want to give us money? And right. that is a, a personal leadership and also a collective uh, leadership if you are running a small company that we have to deal with. It's like, what do we know how to do that people will spend money for in this environment? Do you take the... Uh, so I can see back in, during the recession that we were still trying to sell during that period yeah, of time. Yep. Today's environment, it's, it's much more dire. And it's almost like... It's, I've taken the approach of, you know, I, I, don't, I don't feel... It's right to sell to companies right now because they're slashing budgets, they're laying off people, they're in hard times. But to bring that value, I think that I can bring some value to them, but offer it at no charge just to be there to serve the community and, and, and the clients. And when we get out of this, maybe this helping out will come back to me tenfold. Yeah, I, I would say there's... There's multiple right answers and even more wrong answers. And right now it's like, you know, we're having a COVID sale. That's right, 19% <laughs> off. Okay, that would be clearly wrong. Um, but uh, yes, you know, we're, uh, our industry especially is as we are desperate and we are scrambling and ad living and just throwing things against you know, the, the wall. It's like, you know, I don't think our clients want to hear from us. And I think that'll come across as very tone deaf. On the other hand, uh, there are businesses who need help. And so that's, that's really, I think, that the hard part. Can we truly help? And the level to which we can help, is that something that they are willing to pay for or simply accept on a volunteer basis? And for some of us, I think, okay, we actually have an expertise and value that businesses with their limited budgets that they have will still spend to get advice or to get counsel or consulting or support or execution uh, assistance, that they, they will do that. Other times it would be like, 
sure, that would be helpful if you want to record a video telling us to buck up or blah, blah, or if you want to, mm. you know, you know, create a uh, free webinar for our people, the seven who could actually watch it to feel differently. I mean, if we could, so again, it really, I think it comes down to the categories. The value that we have at this particular time, is it merely, that's helpful. That's sure, sure, that, that's better than not doing anything. That mm-hmm. probably goes in the category of just offer it and they will remember that. And I think there's the other category if, if it really comes down to we have an essential skill that's needed by these businesses as they navigate these tricky times, then yes, we, 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 they will buy that. How we sell it uh, will probably decide whether we come across as a, as, a, a, as a savvy professional or as a schmuck. And that's a very thin tightrope we walk. Yes. And yes. doing that, it could either make or break our businesses. Uh, so. if, I would say uh, <laughs> many of our businesses are already broken. Uh, and so it is like it crush them into the ground and grind them up like ground glass um, or not. Well, you and Karen, so are we going to call this the Chipper Podcast? Are we going <laughs> to. Yeah, we're going to call it the Uplifting Podcast. Yes. Well, well, I, I know a lot of people are struggling because now they've been thrust into their homes to use as an office, as as a school, as, you know, now we got the whole family here. I mean, you and Karen have been together working yes. your business for, so this is this is no hiccup in your world at all. Yes, this is called Tuesday. Yes. This is called <laughs> yeah. Tuesday. So for myself, my, my wife and my son, who's 19, mm-hmm. uh, apparently Peter Marguerite LSC picked up two FTEs last Two weeks ago, we had the stay-at-home order, and I'm about to put both of them on, on morning and uh, performance review because one sleeps too late, and I delegate to the other one. She's got this other job she's trying to work. Uh, people are really struggling with this balance yeah. at home. Um, what advice do you do you give to a, a, a group of folks who are listening? Going, yeah, this is. I had an inter- I have a, had a coaching call with a client, and he was at his house, and he he up front said, "I'm sorry." My dog barks. My kids and wife will come walking through. And lo and behold, they did. I, I, I think that the, there's a word that we don't use very often that I think is the one that will see us through all these types of things. And that word is grace. That there's nothing more powerful right now than extending each other grace. And, and grace, I, I defined uh, like, to, like grace and mercy. Like mercy is, uh, I will avoid you getting consequences you deserve. But grace, I, this is my interpretation, grace is extending favor or extending patience or extending kindness to someone regardless of whether they deserve it or not. We are all on edge. It's <laughs> like people are saying our income is either dramatically reduced or it's vanished. And we don't know when it's going to be. No one envisioned a, uh, a, a I shouldn't say no one. It's like uh, generally Americans have, have not prepared for that type of thing. They thought, well, it's like I might have a setback, but they weren't you know, expecting the zombie apocalypse. Right. So, so because of that, it's like, okay, everyone's working home. They're in you know, a lot of people in a very small space, constantly together making noise. So our our rules and our business etiquette gets thrown out the window. Yeah, And so we just have to accept each other grace. It's like, uh, again, right now, uh, you know, just in a silly small thing, it's like, uh, 
our, you know, our, our youngest adult daughter is uh, you're working because she has a studio. And so she's you know working during the day from our house because it's bigger. So we're taking care of her cats. So we have two cats oh. in a small house. But her cat is like, this is fantastic. All these people, I can walk on top of your keyboard. Oh, is that, is that a door? Why is that door closed? I'll try to open it. So it's like, so now again, two months ago, it would be, let's lock up the cat. Let's, uh, you know, let's give it a sedative. Let's, you know, let's, let's, everything must be perfect. The phone will not ring. It was all about the etiquette perfection. Now we have to give each other grace. We're going to get this raw, real type of thing. And, that's going to be hard for us, but I think that's how we see our way through, that we extend each other grace and we realize that perfection is not only not an option, perfection is not even pursued. I thoroughly agree because my coaching client, he gets so upset when the dog was barking and so upset when the kids came through. And I said, you told me up front, you said this is going to happen. So it's going to happen to that grace aspect. Don't worry yeah. about it. And if you're on a call with with, with your team or, or the organization and this happens, you're not the only one, I bet. Just, it's The worlds have changed. Look, to, to your point, there's no such thing as perfection right now. Yeah, there's that. And um, I think also, I think the need for us to embrace the stressful transformation that we're in, like there is no going back to normal there will be going back to different. Right. And we probably as a society, like a lot more of us will work from home after this because we just proved we could. Yes. And uh, there's all sorts of changes going to take place, but all this change is, is stressful. And I think that there's going to be a lot of, you know, marriages and relationships that get a lot better and a lot of ones as soon as those lawyers' offices are open. <laughs> <laughs> they will get some business. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, one of my colleagues, uh, she has a coaching business, mm-hmm. and she has a really large client in the Cleveland area. And when this all happened, she was able to not miss a beat and conduct all of her uh, uh, coaching calls and stuff through Zoom with the client, and uh, kept the business moving forward. But then at the end, she's going. By the time I'm done, I'm completely exhausted. Much more so than when I had, because I'm, I'm adjusting to a new medium here, as well as I have the stress of the family that's here. They're always here now. They never leave. And the fact of what we're dealing with, with this crisis out there, by the time she's done for this, she's completely wiped out. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I am too. Because it's then, new. Because it, it's, it's new. We had a, uh, years ago in the 90s, I worked for a company called the Effectiveness Institute. It sounds almost like a Saturday Night Live skit, but it's not. <laughs> it, was, it was an actual place. And, and one of the founders, a guy named Tom Shampoo, he created this, you know, this concept, this model that he called rotating the iceberg. And so he said, you know, imagine, you know, the iceberg at rest. He said, now we all know that's like, you know, 70% or 80% of it is underwater, but it's almost like a big triangular shape. And he said, now, he said, you know, that is, he said, that is our, like our behavior, our personality, the way we normally are. He said, now we can show different sides of it above the waterline by rotating it, but we have to use effort. Like, okay, now I'm going to show this side of it. And he said, now you can, he said, now if you're married, it's like when your mother-in-law comes over, do you change your behavior? Of course you do. You're on your best behavior and you can do it for about a weekend. And then, yeah, as soon, <laughs> and then as soon as she 
you know, goes home, you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, because rotating the iceberg, showing different behavior, engaging a different style to the way we've normally done it, we can do that, but it takes energy to sustain us in a place where we don't normally operate in. And so that's what all the Zoom stuff, there's an intensity of everything is different. I, we can do these other behaviors, but we have to be aware of it costs us way more energy than before. And so people are going to be exhausted and cranky and short and all these things. And what's the solution for that? Grace. Yes. And how long can we sustain that? Because emotions do come into play. Things do happen. And, uh, yeah, we're already seeing a little bit of that here in Columbus, Ohio, on the news about some domestic violence occurrences that have tended to increase over the past week to 10 days since we've been in this shelter to place type of thing. And, and it, it, I mean, it's, we're cramped up and, and, and people are stressed out. Um, and, and got to find some levity. I mean, you're a funny guy. We got to find some levity. You, you provide a lot of optimism, a, a lot of humor. Not so far on this podcast, though. Right? Yeah, really. <laughs> well, I'm trying to suck all of that out of you now. Is this the pivot point you're going is, for? Okay. Well, I've, I've been told if I say the word pivot, I'm going to get shot at. So, yeah. Well, I said it. The, Oh, yeah, so, How about this? Change it to inflection point. It's so much better. Yes, this this is the inflection point. When we bring the humor out that we've addressed all the other stuff, and, and, and how do we bring that humor and, and help folks, help teams, help organizations, help the members of the National Speakers Association? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think part of that is that we, we accept that we need the humor, and that's because you know humor relieves tension. Humor acknowledges uncomfortable truths. Uh, we use humor to express, you know, uncomfortable, you know, uh, truths. Right. And we, we see that a lot when you think, what are the safe things going on now that we're able to joke about? We joke about toilet paper. You joked about toilet paper right at the front end of this. Right. This is now in our, in the entire United States, everyone is comfortable joking about toilet paper rather than I'm terrified when I walk into a store and I see empty shelves because I've never seen that in my entire life except for right before a hurricane. Right. But rather than do that, we can talk about it. It's like, really, it's like, do you have irritable bowel syndrome? Because, I mean, that's a lot of toilet paper. <laughs> like, I mean, that's like a five-year supply. It's like, <laughs> so we can joke about that. Um, we can joke about... Like, okay, went to the grocery store and all of the chicken and chips and salsa were gone. Lots of vegetables still there. (laughs) Yeah, lots of cans cans of beans. The Oreos are gone, but the uh, garbanzo beans are still (laughs) fully stuck. No, we can joke about that. We joke about um, Zoom, all of the... Everyone's suddenly using video conferencing for the first time. And yes, we see your nostril hairs. You know, you you forgot to turn off your, you know, your camera and you were in the bathroom. And I mean, so all these things start happening and these are all super duper healthy things because it gives us something to laugh about. What we're not doing any humor about, of course, is um, stuff going on in hospitals. Right. We don't do that. Now, we'll joke about masks, but we'll joke about the type of masks that we wear and, you know, things that we're putting on because that can be funny, funny shapes, funny pictures, funny Mm -hmm. effects, wearing it wrong. You know, somebody's wearing a mask and then they have to cough. So they put it down and then cough and then put it back on. I mean, like, (laughs) like, hello. I mean, 
So those are the type of, of, of things that we must and should uh, laugh about. Yeah, we, we, we do have to take a little lightheartedness in our day. I, I participated in a virtual improv class workshop two mm. weeks ago. And it was, I have an improv coach. His name is Jay Suko. And actually, his, I, I interviewed him for, for this podcast a couple weeks ago. And um, we were in this improv, using Zoom. Hey, there's the cat. There's the cat. The cat. Just the cat. A, <laughs> of course, you say this is an audio program, yes? <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> so when video, you okay. say, there's the cat, they, yeah. they can't actually see the cat, Peter, just say. Right. <laughs> but if I, happen to, if I happen to put this out on, on YouTube or whatever, we do watch it, they could, oh, that's when the cat jumped in. There. Yeah, so thank you for letting me know because I would have shaved had I known that this was going to be <laughs> I, video. But help, that's awesome. Okay. Why, why would you want to shave right now? I mean, you, you have the freedom to go, ah. To increase the number of follicles on my head, you know, because <laughs> now there's seven. You know, so there's, so I, I was in this virtual improv workshop and just having a blast. And after said and done, I went up and, and was talking to my wife and she was watching uh, our governor do his press conference around two o'clock and we just had our first death in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I went, I forgot all about this for that one hour. I removed myself from the world, from the situation, from my environment and went to this place of fun and happiness and enjoyed it. And I, I, as soon as I heard that, I wanted to go back and say, okay, guys, let's do this some more. Let's, can we do this all day? It's, 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 humor is a great way to... to well, there might be something else you need to do during the day, but yes, more. Well, how about... <laughs> yes, more, but... Just, like work that whole value thing, you know? That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just that, that, that opportunity to escape. It's, it's mm-hmm. so critical right now for people to be able to have that moment to, to laugh and have fun and, you know, binge watch favorite shows or, or sure. whatever people are doing. I, I, I've never really got into to binge watching. Yes. Uh, I'm not, I'm not schooled in this. I just, you know, watch. It's, it's a skill you can pick up fairly quickly. It's, <laughs> the, the barrier to entry is quite low. You know, <laughs> you just keep watching, you know, just keep watching. Just yes. Keep watching. Yes. Next yes. episode in 37 seconds. Boom. There it is. Oh, it well, sounds like you're a professional in this there. I, I, I've, I've been testing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. You, you talk about the escape. I, I absolutely think there's the, the escape component and there's how it makes us feel, but also it helps our body. It, hel- it helps our, our, our psyche because, uh, again, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but I know that if we're in perpetual stress, that, that hurts our health and reduces our ability to respond to things. And so by having humor, um, you know, crying, laughing, and exercising actually change our mental and physical and emotional states. And yes. So those things that generally you don't like, I just wish I could cry more during the day. <laughs> most of the time we don't think about that. Exercise, like, uh, exercise. But la- laughter is the most accessible way to change our emotional you know, a physical, mental state. And, you know, we, sh- we should continue to do more of that. So how do you keep humor in the house, in your business? Well, one, never let it leave. Just like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, tie it up, put it in the corner. Sorry, you can't leave. You kidnap humor and you keep it, you know, in your house. You hold humor hostage. Right. I, I think part of it is, I mean, there's people who are just naturally... Uh, humorous, not that they're telling jokes all the time, right. but they have that perspective. So again, we talk about that rotating the iceberg. It's like for some people, it's like you just keep being you. 
for those who are not as naturally humorous or seeking out the things, it, it I think it needs to be more of a conscious act, which is like, okay, like if you're going to binge watch, watch more comedies instead of British crime shows. You know, or, you know, don't watch. It's like, you know, Murder, Inc. It's like, you know, America's <laughs> top predators. You know, I mean, like, uh, maybe don't watch those as much, you know, but, you know, seek out, you know, uh, seek out uh, comedies. Facebook has made a huge resurgence in that because everyone was like, oh, it, Mark Zuckerberg sucks. I'm going to I'm going to get off Facebook. And suddenly and now we're stuck at home. Facebook is my friend. I love Facebook. Um <laughs> uh, and there's, I mean, all sorts of great memes. There's tons of humor that's, that's going out there. And I, yeah, we have to filter it because there's also conspiracy theories and, you know, right. political diatribes going on. So we have to, you know, filter that out. But that was there before anyways. But I said, you know, uh, find the funny, F- seek out the, the humor, share the humor. And so like right now, if anyone listening here, I would say it's like, go on to your Facebook uh, you know, group and find three funny things and post them on your timeline or actually message them. This is even better. Message them to three people. And that act of saying, oh, I'm going to find three funny things and mm-hmm. I'm going to message them, direct message them to three different people. That forces you into a very easy humor task goal. It's not like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. I can't find anything. Well, yes, you can. You can find it very easily. And then you, and again, it's not even hard. It's like, that's a funny meme. (laughs) Click on it. It's like share to one of your message contacts. Peter, Peter would love this. Peter, oh my gosh, this made me think of you. Click. (laughs) Do that three times. You've added humor to yourself and you added humor to three others. Now, what are they probably going to do? Share it with someone else. What are they probably going to do? Next time they see something funny, they're going to share it with you. And there's a lot of funny stuff. I'm getting stuff all the time. It's, but but you know, I, I've also challenged a few other people. Um, now that we're in this virtual world, these virtual meetings, we're, we all should just get dressed from the waist up. I guess. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the CEO of the- As long Maryland as you don't stand up, but yes, okay. That's right, as long as you don't stand up. The, the, the CEO of the Maryland Association of CPAs posted on Facebook and LinkedIn yesterday that he was suit, well, jacket, Shirt, tie, and then he got up from behind his desk. He had a pair of Maryland, a state of Maryland boxer shorts on. You know, I've wondered that because it's like, I wouldn't feel comfortable that way. It's like, that's, I mean, it's like sartorial mohawk, you know, or something. It's like, okay. <laughs> and it's like, yes, I'm wearing this here, but I'm wearing, you know, uh, you know, this blah, blah, blah. I'm wearing pajamas underneath. It's like, do you feel comfortable doing that? I, to me, I feel like mismatched. Oh, I'm, I'm, I've been doing, uh, what I've been doing, uh, dressed from the waist up is I like going through my closet and finding shirts. All right, Peter, can, can you stand up right now? Can you stand up? I, I'm wearing a pair of scrubs. Oh, that's like, can you stand up? Let's see. Come on. It's like, hold on. Hold on. I'm oh. now commentating this. He's now standing up. Okay, so He's I'm lurching up, up here. Wearing... He is wearing scrubs. He is not a medical professional, people. I don't know why he has scrubs. But he's wearing scrubs. Now, uh, did you? Where did you get these scrubs? These hopefully weren't cast off from the local hospital in the burn do not wear section. Oh my gosh, such a deal! It's like okay. it was such a deal. I know my sister works in healthcare uh, in Florida, and I was visiting 
couple of years ago, and she knew when I was a kid, I used to love to wear scrubs, so she got me a pair. There now, you go. now yeah. I was going to start off today, in all honesty, you know, inspired by someone who I know. Um, I, I did put on my University of Kentucky boxer shorts, and I was going to go through the day like that, but I got a little uncomfortable. That's good. Well, that, yeah. this, that's why I needed to put the scrubs on. But just doing something as crazy as that, just add a little levity to that. Add a little levity. Just don't stand up. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing slippers. I mean, that's wearing, something. <laughs> are you wearing, I, I guess, of course, I, are you wearing pants right now? I, you know, it's, it's funny that this day and age, that's actually not an inappropriate question. Well, <laughs> as a matter of fact, yes, I am wearing jeans because I, I was going to like, respect you by actually being fully dressed. Not shaving, because it was supposed to be audio only, but thanks for that. Uh, but yes, I, I, am, I am fully dressed. Fully dressed. Oh, good. Didn't take uh, a shower, I, but, you know, fully dressed. You, you did take a shower. You didn't? Well, yesterday, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're, now, you're located in, in, in Bellevue, Washington. Very good. Bellevue, Washington. That's yes. Right. I, actually, uh, the Washington Society of CPAs is located in Bellevue, Washington. I've, I've done work for the Washington Society of CPAs. So have I. And I, I love going. Seattle is one of my favorite cities. Bellevue, Seattle. Love the food. Love visiting. But you guys were one of the first epicenters of yes. this yeah. crisis. Mm-hmm. As things kind of moderated over the over time or is it just starting to accelerate as it is on the east coast um a, a little of both it's like you know we dealt with it early and our uh, you were in you know kind of western washington i think there's the western washington experience in the eastern washington it's almost like we have two states the other side mm-hmm. of the mountains um you know the east side is a little more like idaho you know it's much more open agrarian and um that um uh, our our governor was very aggressive early on with social distancing, and and we don't have like Fort Lauderdale beaches, so it's not like no, nah, don't hit me. So I would say, as a said, we embraced it better than most, not better than anyone, but but better mm-hmm. than most, and we're seeing an effect of it um, because it was very real to us very quickly. Yes, and it wasn't like. I mean, we started like, okay, here is this, you know, assisted living center and they have all these cases and they have deaths and it's spreading. And mm-hmm. it's like, so, so we, we got into the response early. Um, so uh, so we're, we're starting to see some positive benefits, but, uh, you know, has it, has, it, has it peaked for us? We don't know, probably not. Yeah, yeah. I think, it's, I think, I think that whole goes to the psyche and the mindset and, and thinking about what we do because we don't know. We, ha- we have no, well, we had no idea when, when we'd come out of the Great Recession, but we can go look on history and go, okay, stock market goes up, stock market goes down. These are points, 18 months, two years. This, you know, it just adds, adds, to, adds to the dilemma that all of us are feeling with, with our jobs, with our lives. And I don't know. I, I've just been spending this time trying to figure out how do I transform? How do I make the business look different when we get out of this versus the way it looks now? And, and trying to use different thought process and, and, and stuff and just trying to keep my mind busy and, and not focusing on the outside of this house, just focusing on what I can do on the inside of this house and what I have control over. I think it's helped me maintain some bit of sanity during this, yeah. pro- during this process. To me, I, what I'm, one of the things I'm, working on is making sure I have concern versus worry. 
And here's how I, I make a difference between that. I said, worry is a mental spinning. It is, it is anticipating all of the worst case scenarios that could happen. And it results in me being paralyzed. Like I'm less likely to take action or to think or be too creative or to be flexible because I'm constantly spinning, spinning, spinning on what could happen. Right. And um, it's, it's debil- worrying is debil- debilitating. Concern is still anticipating, okay, here are the things that could happen, but realizing, okay, I'm going to focus on what I have control over. So I'm not going to be obsessing I'm not going to be debilitated by it, but that doesn't mean I'm clueless or tone deaf or like, hey, you know, you know what I love about the coronavirus? It's like I like I eat whatever I want. Well, yeah, that that's that's funny, but it's like, okay, then you're just sticking your head in the sand and you're ignoring the realities. It's like, and I could be on eighty percent less income for the foreseeable future. Uh, that would be concerning. Yes. That would be concerning. But a concern is like. You know, that could happen. I don't know if that will happen, but that could happen. So the government has put out these programs. Do I qualify? If I get rejected, can I apply for somewhere else? Can I refinance my house? Can I control expenses? Can I defer things? I mean, it's like, I mean, there's ways that action to respond to something. Whereas worry is, oh my gosh, the government probably won't even give us money because we're in a higher income bracket and you have to prove and we haven't actually lost it yet, but we'll be losing it. It's a, I mean, you spin, 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 and you don't actually take action. And that's debilitating. So to me, that's what I've been focusing on. Like, okay, when things get darker or when things get scarier, how can I say, okay, I, I, I can have appropriate concern and I take action versus I'm going to, to the extent possible, I'm going to choose not to worry because worry does nothing except hurt me and those I love. Great, great advice. Uh, it's focused on things that you have control versus the things that you don't have control to some degree. And mm-hmm. um, in, in transparency, I think early on, I went to worry and I didn't realize it because it was so new, so fresh. Sure. And I've, I've, I've gotten myself out of that and back into the concern mindset. Uh, but I, I think my concern is that as this continues to move forward and we're spending more time at home and away from jobs and away from income, that the concern for others will may move from concern to worry to you know spinning out of control. And mm-hmm. that's a major issue, I think, that we will we will have uh if people start going into that you know, out of control spinning mode. Yeah. And when we start talking about for future, you know, what can I do? What is anything I know how to do mm-hmm. that others will pay for in this environment? Those who can keep their head, those who can stay in the concern mode and not be in the worry mode will have more opportunities to contribute and actually get paid than those who can't. And it, it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a, it, I don't want to sound harsh, but it's like, okay, worry will never help in any circumstance. Now, again, don't get me wrong, concern, appropriate, proportionate con- concern. It's like, I am super concerned about what is happening. I'm super concerned what is imminent. I am con- super concerned about what is here. It's like, okay, and how do I translate that concern? What can I do? How can I think? How can I behave to minimize, to augment, to circumvent, to take advantage of, to uh, 
contribute, that's, that's a different reaction than paralytic worry. And I, and I believe also that being, you know, you know, calm is also able to spread and is also able to have influence. So again, in your household, it's like, you know, how can I be the best partner in my household? It's like, okay, by spending more time not in worry mode. Exactly. And, and we were talking about binge watching. And I guess if you see your spouse binge watching Criminal Minds with a notebook handy, you might want to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't leave the house. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you can't leave. You You're still isolate in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you've been relegated to the basement. Um, I, I, you know, the, I watched the, when they come back from the grocery store with a shovel. That's not a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, are you watching, Dexter? I mean, what's with all the garbage bags? It's like in the duct tape. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yes. What, what, what's going on here? I, I did watch uh, uh, pieces of the uh, NSA video that uh, Barry Banther and uh, Mary Lou Peck, and I forget the other two who were on there as well. But when when Barry was talking about what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and talking about the bill, talking about what are your fixed expenses, mm-hmm. and what are those variable expenses, and what can you eliminate? Mm-hmm. And, and I'd already kind of set that up, but I went back and revisited it, you know, and kind of looking at that, going, okay, and then, oh, by the way, do I qualify for the the new uh, to collect unemployment benefits because I'm a sole provider? I don't, I, I, it's just me, and yeah, so I need to go down through that. So I'm starting to put some of those things in place. And I'm, and because that's something I have control. Of, that's something I can do. And and you know, I I, I guess in this bill that uh, banks are willing to allow you to miss payments, mortgage payments, and not affect your credit. I believe. I mean, there's some things in place that the they say government. that, but I don't believe that. They that say is, that. It's like what, what 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 I do think is 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 a reality, which is tenacity is going to be our friend. Meaning like, okay, so uh, was it Saturday or Friday, whatever, um, last Friday is when they passed the $2.2 trillion uh, stimulus package. Yeah. I mean, they call it, you know, whatever they're going to call it here. Yeah. Uh, and, and they pulled that together in basically a week. And they said, oh, and who's going to administrate portions of it? Banks! Banks will. When did the banks find this out? Same time you and I had that. It's like that. Maybe a little bit of a. Yeah. So they don't know. I mean, it's like all I know is that the money is supposed to go out and to get distributed to people. So my thought is apply. I mean, Barry, Barry talked about this thing. And so the deal is like everyone who's on listening to this podcast, it's like no matter who you are, no matter what your job is, especially though, if you are a sole proprietor, you have your own business or something like that. Uh, apply for this, call the bank. And if they can't help you, call a different bank. Because whatever the criteria are, it's going to evolve and change. Because they're making it up. They're making it up. There's there's no hard set rules yet. They're still figuring it out. But what is the purpose? They're not, the government isn't giving money to the banks for the banks. That's a different fund. They're making money available to somehow in some process to be determined to get to us so that we can make our mortgage payments and we can buy food and we can keep up with insurance payments and tuition and all these other type type of things. So um, I thought it's just go for it, go for it and go for it. 
Absolutely. And by the way, it's they, they did it in a week. It's only 880 pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually pulled it up and was kind of scanning it. What I to your point, it's there's a lot of stuff in there. They got to figure out how to administer and get out. And you know, also trying to get the the checks to those who need it, but only if you if you have a direct deposit on file with the IRS, you'll get it in two to three weeks. Otherwise, you'll get a paycheck or a check, and that could take a month. I, yeah. And my deal is like, you know, we'll still need it in a month. True, we will. So it's like the, because it's not like, well, you know, all I needed was one month, and I'm good. I'm good. It's Everything's <laughs> fine. It's, it's like, okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, part of the deal is, I mean, this is unprecedented, and, and this is where, you know, you know, grace comes in and like we get patience with each other and, uh, and you got to make decisions. Like, let's say you have a cleaning person that comes to your, that's comes to your house, you know, twice, twice a month. Well, I'm guessing they're not coming in this month. Right. Do you, so that person's, uh, uh, going to be tighter financially than you or me. Do you still pay them for a month or is that part of your, got to cut all non-essential expenses. And so those are judgment calls that we're all going to have to, you know, make as we take care of ourselves, but we also try and take care of others and it gets complicated. Yes, it is. It's very complicated. I got two virtual assistants that uh, I'm trying to maintain their hours, uh, but didn't have to have a conversation that we'll probably have to, you know, reduce reduce some of the hours, not eliminate them, but reduce them as long as I can, because, you know, I, I still I still want to support them because they've been supporting me and, and see as long how how long I can go with that. How much um, do you pay? Because I might interview for that. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's about fifteen dollars to twenty two dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. You up for some additional side work? Uh, yeah, well, it's safer than working at Amazon, but you know that's okay. <laughs> exactly. Well. I, I greatly appreciate your time uh, and your knowledge and your wisdom and your thoughts and stuff as it relates to the current environment out there. I mean, it's so complex. It's so complicated. Mm-hmm. It's so diverse. It's changing every single day. I know that the information that you provide to my audience, they'll be able to take nuggets of that, apply it to their lives. And if anything, I think the key piece out of all of this is, is be grateful. That's the, that's the one that we all can use that superpower. And let's and let's kind of fast forward to mention. I mean, you noted in this that we're recording this on the last day of March. Right. But this, but by the time this is being heard, this is May. Things could be very different by the time it's going in. So I just want to acknowledge that whatever you, know, you and I have said, mm-hmm. uh, let's interpret that in the context of how we are thinking and feeling at the end of March things could be getting somewhat better. There could be a light that we're pursuing. Uh, we could have just gone through some pretty scary scenarios with, you know, a thousand people a day dying. We don't know at the point that we're recording this. So I hope that uh, all those listening will extend Peter and I some grace <laughs> in what we were saying that this is a moment in time. We think everything we said is timeless and that it applies, uh, but we don't know for sure. Very good point. And what, I, what I've been doing with these episodes, they're due to my, uh, the team that puts it, produces this for me. Uh, I write the intro and do it 
right at the point that it's due. So I I will put the disclaimer in and recast the, the landscape as of mid-April, uh, towards the end of April, on, on where we were at the time we recorded this and the current events. And hopefully that we are getting better. Hopefully that we're, we're seeing, we're, we're starting to come out of this when, when this airs. I guess that's my wishes, hopes, and dreams. Now you put in like a, like Brian now lives in a bunker in Alaska. <laughs> where that, it's like where the, the supplies that he hoarded over you know, a period of two months, you know. Exactly. Yeah, we haven't seen Brian, but we did hear that his wife Karen was out buying shovels one day, and, yes, and that's, it's, like, that's, it's a compound or something. Yes. 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 It's it's a nice compound. Uh, so I wish you and your family all the health and safety, and that and that we get to the end of this and and everybody's well, and um, there's a brighter tomorrow. Cheers to brighter tomorrow. Cheers to brighter tomorrow. Great. Thanks, Brian. I really appreciate it. Beginning with my next episode of Moving Forward, I will be interviewing with less of a COVID-19 focus. And my next guest is a friend of the show and a friend of mine, Jody Paydar, who is a VP of strategy for Botkeeper. Botkeeper combines artificial intelligence and machine learning technology with a high quality of skilled accountants to deliver a full suite bookkeeping and pre-accounting solution to accounting firms and their clients. Now, I'm going to sign off by saying, please, everyone, be healthy, practice social distancing, be safe, and implement a couple of tips that Brian gave us in order to help deal with the stress and anxiety that we see in our daily lives. Thank you. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.